0: I cannot I cannot emphasize enough the emotional drain this you know we live this through our through the kids that play in this
1: from WCPO I'm Mike Dyer this is the high school insider podcast this week marks a year since the coronavirus outbreak postponed the remaining winter sports tournaments on March 12th 2020 you'll hear from over a dozen individuals including student-athletes coaches, athletic directors, OHSA staffers, and Ohio Lieutenant Governor John Houston. The behind the scenes story of March 12, 2020 is something that will never be forgotten from those who experienced it. The lost opportunities of the 2020 spring sports season are still profound today. You will hear from the student athletes who experienced an incomplete chapter in their high school athletic careers. As another state tournament weekend approaches, you'll hear how Ohio high school sports has managed to persevere through the school year during the pandemic. The Mount Notre Dame high school basketball team had a 28-0 record entering the Division I state tournament in mid-March, 2020. Nearly a year later, former MND player Makaira Cook described the talent the Cougars had as they prepared to leave for Columbus.
2: I sometimes think about like how good we were, and like how we just had a great season and like so much fun because it's been like some t- it's been like a year since um like the season and stuff. So like we'll send like in our Snapchat group chat like our one year ago today's. And, like, we just had so much fun. And I just think about all that. And, like, I think I pretty much turned the page. But it's still, like, what could have been, you know.
1: How long did it take for you to kind of maybe get over that fact of knowing that? Um,
2: it didn't really take me that long because it was, like, after high school, no matter what would have happened, it's, like, get ready for college so the focus was like moving on but it does like it is it does suck
1: Mount Notre Dame athletic director Mark Schenkel kept a close eye on the developments in Columbus just an hour or two before the Cougars were scheduled to board a bus to St. John Arena Schenkel received an email from the OHSA saying all remaining winter tournaments were postponed indefinitely due to the coronavirus outbreak
3: we were just hoping to get through that weekend. Um, you know, for the you know couple of weeks leading up to it, we were just uh, hoping to get through that weekend, uh, knowing that we were getting close and that something was probably going to happen. And unfortunately, we didn't get there.
1: Do you remember what time you got alerted to that, or how you got alerted to it being postponed?
3: Um, I believe it came through an email, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we kind of were keeping an eye on it. Uh, they did tell us, you know, something would probably be coming out if we got to that point. Um, but yeah, it, you know, we had had a pep rally that morning, uh, for the team, uh, after the pep rally the team was dismissed, they were going to do a shoot around for about 45 minutes or so. And while they were in that shootout, uh, we got the email saying that they were
1: canceling the tournament. Earlier that day, Mount Notre Dame assistant athletic director Keith Schenkel, Mark's son returned from Columbus to distribute the state tournament tickets to the MND families. Keith stayed in a Grove City hotel Wednesday night in order to pick up the tickets early Thursday at St. John Arena. Keith recalls what he felt as he watched TV in his hotel room while the sporting world was impacted by the outbreak.
4: It was, it was kind of surreal, you know, as I was watching all the games getting shut down, mid-game, NBA games getting shut down, college games getting shut down. Um, so yeah, woke up, went to the ticket office, grabbed them around 7 a.m. and came straight back to school, um, only to find out a few hours later that we weren't gonna play at all.
1: Just a week earlier, Ohio Governor Mike DeWine had announced the annual Arnold Sports Festival would have limited spectators, and he canceled other events associated with it due to the coronavirus outbreak. OHSA Senior Director of Communications Tim Street. Remembers the atmosphere around the OHSA office when the Arnold was canceled.
5: The Arnold was kind of where it where it first landed at our doorstep. And for those that don't know, the the Arnold Schwarzenegger Fitness Expo here in Columbus is a huge event. It's at the Convention Center and other facilities. Um, it might be something like two hundred thousand people are often in attendance for that. And when that was for the most part, shut down, which had been about a week and a half, maybe two weeks before our girls basketball state tournament. That's really when we realized that, that uh, we're in the middle of something that's uh, a tidal wave coming right at us. I, I may, maybe I was naive, but I still was so hopeful that we were going to be able to have our Winter tournaments, wrestling, ice hockey, girls basketball, boys basketball. Um, even the moment we had to postpone, which we'll get to, I still in the back of my mind thought we got to let this go for a couple weeks and then we're going to play.
1: Earlier that week, the OHSA announced that Ohio Governor Mike DeWine recommended limited spectators. Then, OHSA Executive Director Jerry Snodgrass remembers the phone call he had with the wine, And then, Ohio Department of Health Director Dr. Amy Acton on March 10th. Uh,
0: the thing that burns in my mind, I- I am, I'm very emotional about it to this day. I'll never forget it as long as I live. March 10th, a Tuesday. When the governor I got a call from the Governor's office saying he would like to talk to you, I believe it was at 1:30 in the afternoon. okay I mean I knew you know what's happening? And I get a call and I was in my office alone and doors were closed and the first thing the governor told me is in my office with me as the State Director of Health or whatever official title was Dr. Amy Acton, who incidentally I got to know very well through all of this, uh, and the State Superintendent of Schools. So, okay, I had three pretty big hitters, you know, on that call with me. And we talked some pleasantries for a minute, you know, and um, he, the, the governor said then I am recommending, and I use that word importantly, recommending that you continue with your tournaments, but with only parents attending and I, I, we, I understood it. I mean, I understood. I'll come back to that recommended in just a second. But um, I also knew at that point that um, I, I talked to him about how at that point in time that we were talking, our regional boys basketball tournaments that were going on, we had some teams on the road and, or very close to it. And he said, I understand. He said, let's go through tonight as normal, Tuesday the 10th. And then we will limit that on Wednesday. Um, So we did that. And I also shared with him that you do know that we have a lot of kids in today's world that have step parents. And we instantly settled on how he said, how does four sound? I said, we can do that. Um, And I also then give some of our staff members a lot of credit because we had a plan in place that if anything like this happened, we had a system to number one, limit the attendance, and two, refund. When you think about it, Mike, we had tickets sold for state wrestling, girls basketball, pre-sold, regional basketball. We had hundreds of thousands of tickets sold, and we had to refund that money. Uh, Schools would receive a certain benefit out of that, you know, by pre-sold tickets, so we had to refund that. To the day I left the OHSA, never heard one complaint that people didn't get their money back. And I'm very proud of that. We never had one complaint that too many people got into any game. I wish they could have, but, but, you know, we followed the rules. The governor told me, well, I said to the governor before we hung up, I said, with all due respect, these are my words. I said, with all due respect, governor, are you giving that same message to the Blue Jackets who had a sold out game on Thursday night? Uh, Nationwide Arena, who had a sold-out Zach Brown Band concert on Friday night, Uh, the NCAA, who had first uh, four in Dayton, and I believe the um, Mid-American Conference, uh, who's having their tournament at Cleveland, and also Ohio State, because they had a Big Ten ice hockey tournament that coming weekend. And he told me emphatically, when I asked him if he was giving that same recommendation, emphatically was Yes. I mean, I think in those words, I knew what recommended meant.
1: The OHSAA staff made contingency plans in the hopes the remaining winter tournaments would continue as planned. They evaluated spreadsheets and rosters and spent many late nights there at the OHSAA office in Columbus. Then basketball administrator Kathleen Coughlin remembers the craziness of that week.
6: There were nights that we were here until after midnight we had pizzas coming in and no one was wearing masks at this time, but we didn't know, how, you know where exactly we were, but we're all eating together. We're all saying, okay, let's make sure that we're consistent uh, with our sports. Let's make spreadsheets. Let's take, you know, at that point, it was far enough along into the season that we had the rosters and we had a lot of the tournament information. So we were actually able to take those and manipulate it per team to say exactly how many people would be allowed um, per team. And so that was kind of the nice part is we had that information. Um, and then as as we kept hearing more and more cases and then with something as close as the Arnold, which is just down the street, was going to be canceled. That's when it, we really kind of got that sinking feeling of, you know, this might not happen and, and waking up that day. And coming to the office, you know, it was a constant text string back and forth with Jerry, you know, saying, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? Hey, I'm going to head over now. You know, let me know if you hear anything from OSU. I haven't heard anything yet. I've been, you know, it was just a lot of communication back and forth.
1: OHSA Wrestling Administrator Tyler Brooks remembers preparing for the state wrestling tournament at the Schottenstein Center.
7: Thursday morning questions are just rolling in more questions than we can have answers for. And I started getting this sinking feeling in my stomach early Thursday morning as we started getting calls or emails from AD saying this person at our school was a close contact of someone who traveled and had it. I and mean, that's how far out it was. But we were realizing how ill-equipped we were to answer questions on, is this appropriate? You know, is this exposure high or low? You know, that wasn't <laughs> determined at that time. But all of those questions started rolling in during the week. And then Thursday morning was is packet stuffing day. You know, we have 672 uh, qualifiers at the state tournament from about 400 or so schools across the three divisions. So we always have an all hands on deck. Staff all comes together and helps me assemble the packets with their tickets and tournament information that they physically pick up on site. We do that the day before. And about halfway through, it was about 10 o'clock or so we knew there was discussions going on down uh, involving girls basketball that was getting ready to tip, uh, you know, around noon that day. And about halfway through that morning, you know, I've got my, my, my coworkers doing packets. I'm talking with Ohio state doing ticket voucher stuff. And I just got this sinking feeling in my stomach that this just was not going to happen. And I kind of just stopped and looked and everyone was, you know, feverishly stuffing packets, this kind of, just in case it happened, you know, you got a plan that it's going to happen. <laughs> and um, then as, as it all approached that kind of 1145 mark, when kind of famously, you know, the pregame clock stopped for that girl semifinal at the, at St. John, you know, we, I, I knew Jerry was going down and he was going to talk with the, you know, the OSU, you know, luckily it's the same management being at St. John and, and the shot. So uh, we, I found out probably shortly before the public did, you know, we've got to indefinitely postpone this.
1: Then OHSA Executive Director Jerry Snodgrass will never forget the phone call he received from The Ohio State University.
0: My office is about, uh, oh, I don't know, a couple miles from St. John Arena. And I-, I sat there, I had somebody you know, administrates basketball, and I got the call. I got the call from Ohio State University and saying we need to shut down. And I drove faster than I've ever driven down to St. John, parked right up next to the door, walked in, probably walked a little faster than I should have, you know, so I, probably was a little bit of a giveaway. But at that time, at that moment, every single event taking place, um, NCAA conference tournaments were starting from the big 10 to you name it, were shutting down like dominoes, brought the coaches and the administrators in the, in a back room. And even though we probably could have continued that, we, we could have started that game, everybody was there. And before it was even brought up, one of the administrators, I believe from West Branch might've said, if you're wondering whether we should play this or not, we should not. Meaning in other words, they didn't want to do that if no more games were going to be played, give them a lot of credit for it. it. never came to that question. But so at that moment we, informed them we were canceling, and that was a day that'll burn in my mind forever, Mike.
1: OHSA oh, Senior Director of Communications Tim Street still recalls the tweet he sent at 1.15 p.m. Thursday, March 12th, 2020, saying the OHSA remaining winter tournaments had been postponed indefinitely.
5: The thing that um, I remember so vividly is standing there beside Jerry, you know, in the press conference and there's probably 30 or 40 media people in the room and they're all posting on social media that, that this is happening. And from my phone, I did the OHSA tweet that as of 1 15 PM on Thursday, March 12th, all interscholastic athletics are postponed at this moment including our three state tournaments for that weekend and regional boys basketball. It was all stopped. And just to send a tweet like that is one where you kind of hold your breath for a second and get a pit in your stomach
1: and have a feeling like you never want to have again. Former OHSA basketball administrator Kathleen Coughlin still remembers the hurt and dismay inside St. John Arena that day.
6: There's no way um, that I'll ever forget that day. That was, professionally speaking, probably one of the worst days. I mean, I've had I've had worse, but that was it was pretty awful. You know, you you just had that empathy, and you know I was glad that Jerry was there uh, because he's the one. Like I think I started to tell the administrators, and it was just a total choke up because. Uh, I couldn't get the words out and just saying, I am so sorry that you're here and now you can't finish it out. And I know every single team that's there wants to finish it out. They want to finish that season and to to be told, no, like there's, there's no finality to your season because this is it.
1: Two weeks later on March 26, 2020, the OHSA canceled the remaining winter tournaments due to the coronavirus outbreak. Besides a few events during World War II, Those events in 2020 are the only canceled events in the OHSA to that point since the organization was founded in 1907. OHSA Senior Director of Communications Tim Street still thought in the back of his mind that the tournaments could be played later that spring.
5: You know, the OHSA had never gone through a Season or or state tournament cancellation, postponement. We just hadn't had that happen before ever. And I thought that we were, I guess, naive. I, I would thought that we were uh, immune to potentially that happening, um, but it, it certainly happened.
1: Nearly a year later, OHSA wrestling administrator Tyler Brooks is still haunted by the images of the unused state championship trophies from those remaining winter sports tournaments.
7: You know, we started to work remotely uh, in the spring and we would come in as needed to the office and all of the trophies from girls and boys state basketball, wrestling, medals, packets, all of that just kind of sat in like a spare office over here. And it, it to this day is like very haunting to recall and just think about the the opportunity lost for the kids you know that have just a culmination of their careers taken away from them that they'll never get back uh, it was it, that's that's probably the rawest emotion I have is the sight of the trophies and medals and packets sitting in that room and thinking about all of the um unfulfilled dreams associated with those contests that just never got to take place
1: Former Elder High School wrestler Willie Depker is now at Xavier University, where he is studying nursing. Depker was supposed to be one of 672 state wrestling qualifiers at the Schottenstein Center. Instead, his competitive wrestling career ended prematurely. You see, Depker spent January and most of February 2020 with a torn labrum, but rehabbed aggressively in order to be ready for an opportunity at Columbus. Depker was now a volunteer assistant within the Elder Wrestling Program this year
8: it happened to everybody. So like everybody's in the same boat. So it's nice to like, I guess be in that with everybody. Like you're not the only one who like it happened to. Um, now it's just like, I think, I think I moved on at least. Um, I still go back. Like I miss it already wrestling. Um, so I, that's why I go back and coach all the time. I'm not wrestling college. So it's like, I'm not just going to let something that, I did for 12 years, just, like, go by like nothing happened. So, especially how it ended. Um, so, I think going back actually really helps me, like, kind of get back into it and, I guess, finish finish it. I don't know. I guess I'll always kind of go back and coach and – because it's – I don't know. It's just kind of like a, a closure for me, I guess. I don't know.
1: How, how long did it take you to turn the page, so to speak, after that announcement um, that it was canceled in March?
8: I would say a while because that's right when everything shut down. So we didn't get our state tournament. um, And then everyone was locked in their houses for what a month, I guess. So the only thing you're really thinking about is that you can't really see anybody. You see your family, maybe extended family. They're all like, Oh, I'm so sorry. So like it keeps recurring, coming up, coming up. Um, And Luckily, I had, I guess I didn't have a, I had a positive attitude towards it. So um, it wasn't, it wasn't too bad, but it still was that reoccurring people asking you how you're doing. I'm so sorry. You had a great career. Um, I hope you do well in the future. So it took a little bit, I would
1: say. Did that get fatigued? I mean, did that get exhausting to hear from people say that over and over? Yeah,
8: Yeah, especially because I got hurt in the middle of the season. I guess I kind of worked my way back um and then that to get cut off like that everyone was like oh I feel so bad like stuff like that and I was just like yeah like I said told you it happened to everybody it's not just me um I feel bad to the kids who going for three-time place or four-time placer, um stuff like that but it definitely yeah got got fatiguing
1: For student-athletes, coaches, athletic administrators, and fans, March 12, 2020 became synonymous with the day high school sports stopped due to the coronavirus outbreak. But nothing could prepare the high school sports community for the cancellation of an entire spring sports season.
3: The last 12 months the one group of kids that were most adversely affected by the pandemic were last year's spring kids.
1: Less than a month after the remaining winter tournaments were canceled, the OHSA made another sobering announcement, this time about spring sports. Ohio Governor Mike DeWine decided to close schools for the remainder of the school year. On the night of April 20th, 2020, the OHSA announced the cancellation of the spring sports season. The Roger Bacon baseball team made the state tournament in 2019 for the first time since 1968. But with the coronavirus outbreak and the cancellation of the 2020 spring sports season, it brought feelings of hurt and dismay to Roger Bacon 2020 baseball player, Evan Kelsey.
9: Honestly, it all started with a text from one of our buddies cuz he was watching um Governor DeWine saying like school will be at home and then that's when we all knew it's pretty much over. So like obviously I broke down crying because I missed that I missed bacon, I missed the coaches, I miss everybody. I'm I got a lot better, better handling adversity when it came to the season ending cuz when the season ending I have to learn like how to be How to like train myself, talk like talk to others, help others out, train.
1: Mason softball coach Leanne Muff recalls the missed opportunities of last spring and how much she missed the inside jokes and the laughter from her players.
2: It was really, uh, you know, really odd last spring not to be going to practice or a game every day um you know i think it's the first time in 20 years i haven't done it so um you know that it was just a very odd feeling and it was very surreal it was like um it was there definitely was a sadness you know we had sad zoom calls and um you know sad texts (laughs) late night text and, and, um, you know, just couldn't believe it was happening that I can't believe it you know, was set a time, you know, as I'm sure a lot of people had the same experience. Oh, this is real. Okay. (laughs) We're still, we're still not playing. Um, so, you know, going into this year, um, you know, you just don't take anything for granted. Um, enjoy every, uh, uh, weight room session, you know, we're enjoying our small hitting groups right now. Um, it's, just wonderful to see the girls i felt like you know last year you know you just had this you just miss them you miss their interactions every day all this little things all the little chats all those little inside jokes that i'm not a part of but know they're happening and appreciate them you know um so being back among amongst that has been um you know it's fun again and that's you know one of the main reasons we're supposed to be playing high school sports, right? So (laughs) anyway, it's great to be back, you know, with our team, with the girls and just that, um, that interactions um, was really, was, that was tough last year. I missed that.
1: Like most 2020 spring sports athletes, Madeira runner, Dylan Whitson relied on the support of his teammates and coaches as he persevered through the disappointment.
10: Oh, they're helping me in any way they could. I remember with teammates and other, just even parents that know how much I care about uh, the sport. They'd all send me messages about sending their condolences and stuff, uh, how they're disappointed that the season had to be canceled. It just, uh, it, it's a good perspective to have to know that all the, like this kid, he was talking about how he's always looked up to me. His name's Brock. I'll send you the text, but uh, he was just thanking me for the season that I've had with him and that I've pushed him in many ways. And uh, that's I found that very uh, touching because I didn't know I was really had that kind of an impact on him. I thought we were just good friends. And uh, it, yeah, that's just a good perspective to have.
1: Eventually, Madeira's Dylan Whitson and Roger Bacon's Evan Kelsey reconnected with their high school programs. Kelsey, who is now playing baseball at Wilmington College, helped to coach the Spartans this fall.
9: I still have like a bunch of talent that got left behind that I have to use here at the college level. Um, and also, like I said, I can help other kids learn the process of Roger Bacon because not only do I help the kids with baseball, I also talk to them like how you like in the school and all that when I went back to practices, they're saying it's all right obviously because of the pandemic you're not it's not high school that you think it's going to be, but I'm like once this entire pandemic's over it's going to be the best year, best three four four years maybe that you're ever gonna dream of so so learn that I can help others and also
1: have a lot more responsibility, especially
9: going into college
1: Spring of 2020 will be a blip on the radar or'll always be a part of
9: Oh, that' will always be a part of me, especially especially since our my junior year we went to state, knowing that we were we had super high hopes to making it back and hopefully winning the state ring, not just for us but especially for McCoy because he's put his heart and soul into that program, so he will always like be a part of me and then that team is that team was like one hell of a team I mean they still have good players this year, but we missed nine ten I don't know how many seniors. But missing that many seniors for a team always hurts. But yeah, it, it will always be a part of me. And I feel like it's going it's to be a part of every person that was on that team.
1: The Madeira High School 3200-meter relay team ended up winning an AAU Junior Olympic national title in August. From Madeira track and field coach Josh Dooley, the cancellation of the spring sports season was not going to be the lasting memory for these four seniors.
4: We would have stopped, not did anything. I think that would have been horrible and awful. And so I wanted to make sure we did everything possible to have an opportunity. There's so much that you could say about how good these, you know, how how amazing they were. But after school was canceled or not canceled, but did the online remote, that was was all canceled. Um, we decided the first was we were going to do the New Balance Nationals. But then that we had thought of that idea for a while and then that got canceled. And so like, OK, we thought we got back together and we're like, do we want to do the AAU thing? And um, so we decided to do the AAU uh, meets that was going to be in um, Junior Olympics that was going to be in August. So We did compete there. And we also competed. We found some meets at Indiana Wesleyan University out in uh obviously indiana uh the a coach hosted some of the meets out there and we went to one of those or two of those and it's open events in the first meet and then we did the relay the four by eight relay and the second meet and that's where the boys got their school record of 756.75 and that was really fun team uh, their friends came out and watched parents came out and watched so that was really exciting and so like okay we'll definitely do the um aau junior olympics so we went and kept training and went there in August and competed, and they, d- and they didn't end up winning. So that was, I was very proud to have that at the end of the, the long summer, winter, yeah. spring.
1: <laughs> like most 2020 spring sports athletes, Madeira runner, Dylan Whitson, relied on the support of his teammates and coaches as he persevered through the disappointment. He
10: kept us motivated, he found He wasn't going to stop looking for races, and that gave us some hope that we could at least break our record. Even though we wouldn't get to go to state, we still wanted to break our record, and that gave us a lot of hope and something to train for. And looking back on it now, having the support through other people and then the support through Josh, it made it less painful than it was because we got to do something different.
1: What did you learn about yourself, and maybe your teammates, for that matter? Uh, let's see. I definitely learned that
10: I put a lot of emphasis on running in my life, more so than I thought, because I was a. Uh, I felt kind of wrecked when I heard the news about the season being canceled, and I didn't know what I was going to do. Because in my mind, I've had a It's always been a a part of me the past four years, and I had hopes of running even in college. And so, like, having that image just taken away, it kind of hurt a lot. And it made me realize that I got to – I can't just rely only on
3: running. I got to be much more than that.
1: By late May 2020, high school sports slowly returned with off-season skills and physical training with health measures in place. As the state of Ohio slowly reopened. A new chapter began for the current high school athletes, but their graduated classmates were never far from them. OHSA Senior Director of Communications Tim Street recalls the vibe around the Ohio high school sports community in late spring 2020. I think we all learned that high school sports, you know, we say
5: it all the time that high school sports are about more than wins and losses. But when it's taken away from you like that, our schools and our communities and everybody learned how true that is. You know, that it's it's about so much more than wins and losses. So it just reinforced that. And it made you realize all the aspects of school sports and other things, theater, drama, um speech and debate, band, music, all those things, they're, they're crucial to young people and just their, their, um, their living day to day and their interactions with people, they need those things. And when they're taken away, it, real, it makes you realize how important they are. So just reinforcement of all that, um, but also you know, just realizing that we just have a lot of great people here at the OHSA. We have so many great people at our schools, that are the boots on the ground working every day with their teams and their student athletes. Um, I, I remember, uh, very well, um, back in, uh, I think it was May when we started the social campaign, um, how I compete and seeing student athletes in schools post videos and comments about how they're competing on their own at the start, you know, running laps around the block, you know, doing push-ups, you know, they wanted to um, still have that opportunity.
1: Perseverance and gratitude are two common themes for this high school sports year. Interscholastic sports has moved forward on a statewide basis, albeit with pauses and scheduling changes during the COVID-19 pandemic. The fall sports season was completed with state championships in November 2020. And this week, as another state tournament week approaches, the winter sports season is on track to be finished later this month. Ohio Lieutenant Governor John Husted had a significant role in the reopening of high school sports through the spring and summer 2020. Husted worked with the Ohio Department of Health and the OHSA in implementing health and safety measures. Houston recalls why he firmly believed high school sports should continue during the COVID-19 pandemic at the start of this school year. Uh, I
11: I remember back in July and August where a lot of folks were saying that we should delay, delay, delay. But my point was always that that was as good as it was going to get. We needed to get seasons started when we were able to get them outside. Uh, before we we had the challenges of having to conduct sports inside, and we learned a lot from that process. Uh, the fall sports season went very well. We got all of our championships in. Uh, I know that there were some disruptions, and I know that there were some disappointments. But there are a lot of states where they never played fall sports. There are some states where they've never played winter sports. In Ohio, uh, we found a balance on how to do it safely uh, to give the kids those special. Uh, experiences not only that will be enjoyable but they're also so educational as well and i think this has gone very well in ohio Uh, and uh, we've had a great partnership with the ohio high school athletic association because there was always a balance we wanted everybody to have a season we wanted them to play but we wanted to do it safely and by and large people have bought in and made it work
1: what was it about the science that the governor's office, um, maybe the Department of Health, saw back in July, if you recall, to say that, you know, you told the OHSA everything needed to be completed before Thanksgiving, and it was. And obviously, as you mentioned, the state championships in football were completed. Um, but what was what was that foresight like to have, to know months ahead of time that this would be a good idea to get it completed before Thanksgiving?
11: Yeah. Well, look, I I remember there was a Sunday afternoon that Governor Dewine uh, was on the phone with uh, some of the leading health experts uh, on this, and they said, "Look, when we get to October, November, December, this is going to get bad again. It's going to be hard." And I relayed that conversation to the uh, folks at the Ohio High School Athletic Association, and I encouraged them. I said, "Look, let's l- let's let's shorten the regular season." Let's get the playoffs started, because if you can get them in a little bit earlier, uh, then you have a better chance of being able to complete it, uh, complete the season with the least amount of disruption and and the best health outcomes. And uh, that's what they ultimately decided to do. And it worked out great. Uh, And and kids, you know, it wasn't it wasn't ideal, but we're in the middle of a pandemic and kids got to have a season. They got to have championships. They got to have those experiences. And it was because we listened. To the experts who told us what was coming, we were able to communicate that back to the high school athletic association, so that everybody was making informed decisions and could plan in advance.
1: What was the biggest challenge of the reopening? If you go back to late May um, and the individual skills and training um, mm-hmm. sessions that these uh, schools started to do after you know losing a complete spring season and the remaining of the winter tournaments, I mean, what were some of the hurdles that? It had to be kind of overcome within uh, within that scope of that time frame, late spring.
11: Yeah, if you remember, you know we've learned a lot since then. But at that moment in time, there was a lot of questions about, you know, could this be done safely? Uh, could you actually have people getting uh, together to compete where you had contact sports occurring without the virus spreading? And I I recall looking at the data back then, and you you, you saw that this didn't impact students, people at younger levels, the way it was impacting older adults. It was not spreading as fast. Uh, it didn't seem to have as much impact on students. You were seeing uh, the, the numbers in terms of hospitalizations and serious health issues, not really affecting children, but affecting the adults. And, and so I, I, I just looked at those numbers and worked with the health team and, it, and I just had confidence, and, and and a lot of us were able to build the confidence in, uh, in the education community, in the health community, that if we took the basic standards, if we understood where it was spreading, if we, for example, being outside was so much better uh, than being inside and using the best science to figure out how we could do this. And, and, and we went incrementally, you mentioned, we did the skills training. Because we wanted look, we wanted to have students to have those experiences. We wanted them also to be uh, prepared from a physical fitness point of view. Because you can't go from not playing, not training, not doing the conditioning, and then go into competition. So we wanted to start that, build confidence, show that you could a do skills training, then you could scrimmage, and then after we did that for a while, team to team competition. Um, we built the confidence to know that we could do that uh, safely.
1: You know, I've spoken to a lot of people uh, in the high school sports community over the past couple weeks and working on this story, people at the OHSA, coaches, student athletes, athletic directors. I mean, each person has kind of dealt with this or reflected in their own unique ways, obviously, and turning the page or in some ways, not, not doing that, but I know this was personal for you. Obviously you would watch um, softball game, uh, you know, last spring for your, was that your daughter or daughters? Yeah, daughters. Yeah. Okay. Um, I mean, what taking me back to that time and just uh, obviously a lot on your plate uh, personally and professionally, but just how difficult was that to lose an entire spring season and obviously the remaining winter tournaments?
11: Look, the kids have been the silent victims of this in terms of they only have one childhood and they only have these experiences one time in life. And when the virus did not impact them the way that it did older older adults and we were kind of holding them to the same standards, uh, I knew it was going to have a a physical, psychological, emotional, mental health impact on these kids if we didn't get them uh, actively engaged in doing constructive things. You can witness it. Ask any parent or any coach or any teacher who watched what these kids had to go through and, and their experience were... Or their experiences were that we needed to get these kids uh, actively engaged in constructive activities, uh, and th- that's what extracurricular activities are. Uh, they, they they provide great physical and mental health opportunities. These are the places you build character, teamwork, you know, resiliency. All of the t- all of the character building skills that we value in society are built through extracurricular activities, and we just had to prove that it could be done safely. Uh, and in Ohio, we took, uh, we took the, uh, you know, the educated risk that, that we could do these things and do them safely. And I think when you look back, it was the right choice. I don't, I don't think that any, anybody really could argue with that based on the results of what we've seen.
1: I think it's just finally, Lieutenant Governor, I mean, high school sports, such a big part of the fabric of the state of Ohio, um, fourth largest, uh, state in terms of participation participation in the country Um, going through all this and everything that we continue to go through, obviously. um, What does that tell you about the importance of high school sports within the state and what it means to each and every one of these communities uh, across the state?
11: Yeah, look, it's incredibly important. Uh, Friday night football in Ohio is part of the experience of what it means to grow up in a lot of communities. And uh, these experiences, we wanted those kids to have them. We wanted the communities to have them. Look, we all know this. Uh, we need, we need something to put, to channel our positive energies in and, and sports are those things for kids, uh, and, and everything that goes along with it, you know, whether it's not just football, but it's band, it's volleyball, it's, it's all of those kinds of things, uh, that these kids invest their time and energies in and they, and they, they, uh, get so much back out of them. Uh, these are important issues in Ohio. Sports are important in Ohio. Uh, not just, and and I want to make this, I want to make this point. It's not just about winning and losing in tournaments. It's, it's everything that goes along with it, uh, about that character building, uh, and community building, uh, spirit that comes along with it. We needed this as a society. Families needed it. Schools needed it. Kids needed it, uh, to help fight through a, a very difficult situation. Uh, and we decided to prove that we could do it safely. And I think the evidence bears out that we did, uh, and, and, uh, it's been, uh, it's been something that we took, uh, a very bad situation and made the best of it. Uh, I can tell you from my own personal experience growing up, and this is a lot true for a lot of boys and girls, but I think particularly for teenage boys, they have a lot of energy and you got to keep them doing productive, constructive things, or they will do with their time things that aren't so productive and constructive. And uh, we were able to, uh, to help them during a difficult time. Uh, and I think Ohio did it right.
1: Playing high school and college football like you did, I mean, how, was that, how did that help set a foundation for you um, in, your, in your life and well, in your career as well? Uh, I, I wouldn't be here today
11: without high school and college sports. There's no doubt that uh, it was, it helped me, uh, you know, mature, build the character, the discipline, the resiliency, all those things that you need. Life lessons that help you you uh, focus academically and otherwise in ways that you need to to be successful in life. and And I know that my story is not unique. I grew up in a small town in in rural Ohio where. Uh, you know, there there weren't a lot of opportunities, and sports sports was a great equalizer uh, for a lot of us. And uh, and I think it's just it's incredibly important. It was something that I just felt an obligation to fight to try to figure out a way to get it done, because I know that there are tens of thousands of young people whose lives will be better because we made the choice to play.
1: Lakota West High School Athletic Director Scott Kaufman is a longtime athletic administrator. He's also the vice president of the OHSA Board of Directors and had an instrumental role in reopening high school sports last spring.
3: To be honest with you, it, it seems like an eternity ago. Um, you know, everything that's gone on in the last you know 12 months has just been a blur. And, uh, you know, certainly you know, it wasn't just high school sports that got turned upside down. I mean, it was, it was the entire world and, you know, things happened so quickly. And, uh, you know, I think all of our collective hearts went out to anybody that got pulled off a court or out of a pool or off a bowling lane. I mean, uh, there were so many unknowns that we were dealing with. I mean, you and I talked about almost every day and I remember, you know, when we had our first conference call as as a Lakota West staff, it was expect that, you know, expect changes hourly. I mean, that's how crazy things were. And, you know, I think the theme that we used back then that, quite frankly, we still talk about now is hope for the best, prepare for the worst, and be patient and understanding. You know, Uh, and as I, you know, sit and reflect back on the last 12 months, uh, people have been phenomenal, you know. I, I say at every board meeting that I'm at is if you look at the number of states around us and either A, haven't started yet or B, still finishing up their fall sports and trying to figure out what they can do with winter and then what about... I'm so proud and grateful of, you know, all the collaboration that occurred in Ohio from athletic directors to principals to superintendents up to the governor uh, who I think was a little bit uncomfortable letting us start august 1st but had faith in, in the administrations that we're going to oversee it and boy it's been awesome i mean I, I think uh you know we got every we got every fall state championship played on time we're looking good for the winter um and i think you know mike you know the discussions and you think about the discussions that have gone on all year well should we move football to the spring and should we delay this and should we And I I think the general feeling that every one of us in education had in every conversation was when you look at the last 12 months, the one group of kids that were most adversely affected by the pandemic were last year's spring kids. Now, do I feel bad for basketball kids that got taken off the court? There's no doubt about it. Horrible them. They still got their 22-plus games in. Spring was the only sport that didn't even so much get get a scrimmage in. And you look at what we went through, you know, all the lessons we learned in the summer, you know, the the protective equipment that we had to buy and the steps that we took with distancing and wearing a mask, when not to wear a mask, how to protect the kids. And we got through the summer with very minimal issues. And that paved the way for us to start in August. And uh, and we got through the fall. Yes, you know, there were still lessons learned. We had teams that were quarantined. We had teams that started late. We had teams that finished early. you know, but the general theme that we took was put the proper safety steps in place, and then let each individual school district make the decision as for what was best for their kids. And I think that served us well throughout all of Ohio. And uh, you know, this isn't something that has been a one-size fits all. And I, I think we've all managed that. And uh, you know every day I see kids play, behind my mask, I am smiling like you wouldn't believe. And, uh, you know, it's a grind every day. You know, I, I'm sitting here, you know, Monday morning and, you know, not only do we have the pandemic, but now I got snow. Am I playing today? Am I not playing today? Uh, you know, we're supposed to play something Thursday. It looks like that's going to be canceled. So we're, ch- I mean, this is changing daily and, but we're all, you know, no matter what school it is, we're all doing everything we can to play as many games as we can for the kids.
1: You've been through every chapter along the way, this going back from March and then obviously being instrumental in what happened in the summer and getting fall started, completed. What do you think the high school sports community has learned the most from all this when um, it's all said and done?
3: Um. I think from an administrative side of things, I think there's administrators every day that are just grateful to play. Um, You know, there's probably a certain part of the population that takes for granted the fact that we're playing, you know, and that's why I try to send reminders of, you know, look at New York, look at, you know, Michigan, look at Kentucky. And and some of the pauses that they've had to take. Uh, I try to be uh, very appreciative of the fact that we're playing the way we are. And I, and I think that's where we all can have reminders of the aspects of when you look at surrounding school, or surrounding states, we, we should be real proud of what we've accomplished throughout Ohio. Um, and, and I'll always be grateful for that. You know, Grateful, for, I'll never forget a conversation uh, I was involved with in July with uh, Lieutenant Governor Houston. And you could, you, you know, it was right after, uh, and I'm sure everybody remembers that you know, some of those county fairs were happening, and they had big spikes at their county fairs, and uh, you know, they, they there was real, con- real justified concern um, from the governor's office, and you know, we were able to talk through that, we were able to collaborate on ways to make it work, and you know, the, that kind of led into the restricted capacities and and the benefits that that created for us, and and you know, and then the state worked with the governor about putting observers out there, you know, let's kind of self-evaluate and and improve, you know, they weren't looking to ding anybody, but it was, what can we do to, you know, be better the next game? You know, I think about our week one against Coleraine and, you know, the circus involved with that. And yeah, we had a few violations of some protocol and the observer was there, wrote them up, checked them off and we didn't get dinged the rest of the year for them. We made some adjustments. And uh, and I think we all learned through that process. But I, I think we should all look back and be grateful for the aspect that it took a village to make it happen this year. Um, that's not to say there weren't some frustrations and there weren't some angry parents and some, you know I, if there's anybody I feel bad for in a certain scale is it's the traditional high school student. They weren't able to go to games. You know they weren't able to you know have their homecoming dance and and do some of those traditional high school things. But it's, you know, it was a, it was a price to pay to, to be able to at least keep that student activity going from the athletic side of it. But, you know, we still had marching band and we still, you know, the theater still had their play. And, and you know, so the student activity side of things was, um, you know, still in place and was still able to, we were able to work through that. But the sacrifice to that was, you know, the student body wasn't able to attend to see their, their, um, their classmates perform. So. That's certainly the negative side of it, but it, you know, it certainly is a give and take. And um, you know, hopefully, we're all a lot more appreciative. You know, I, I say to our, you know, my student leadership group uh, every, you know, every other Sunday when we meet is, you know, treat every practice like it's your last, treat every game like it's your last. You know, for you know, soccer player who had their whole season, you know, sympathize with your friend who's a baseball player or a softball player who didn't get anything, and understand that. Yeah, we have bad days, but you know what, this could be your last one. And you know, enjoy it. Make the most of it. And but I think that's probably been some of the biggest lessons is the aspects of really appreciate every opportunity, every moment that you get to be able to participate because it can be it can be gone before you know it with, with no rhyme or reason.
1: Thanks for listening to this special edition of the WCPO High School Insider Podcast. I also want to take this opportunity to thank the student-athletes, coaches, athletic directors, OHSA staff members, and Ohio Lieutenant Governor John Houston for their time and perspective. I am grateful to reconnect with many of these individuals for their personal insight on how the pandemic has impacted their careers and their lives in the past 12 months. Be sure to watch and read our three-part series right now on WCPO.com.